0: Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? And you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the map with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Gustavo Dantas.
1: Welcome to episode 48, I'm your host Gustavo Dantas and today we have Josh Kelly. Josh is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and the co-founder of Review Kangaroo, the world's leading reputation management system among multiple business ventures. Josh talked about the importance of simplifying your business procedures, how entrepreneurs should be building their personal brands, and he also mentioned how he applies consistently the fail-fast and fail-often mentality, which inspired the title of the podcast, Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview, where I expand on the concept fail fast, fail often. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu Jitsu's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu Jitsu. Live Jiu Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and in the United States who offer free Jiu Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.livejiujitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Josh Kelly. Josh is a Black Belt in Jiu-Jitsu from GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Josh is the co-founder of Review Kangaroo, the world's leading reputation management system and automated. SAAS business that has helped generate countless reviews for business on places like Google, Yelp, Facebook, and more as well as grown actual revenue for clients sometimes in tens of millions of dollars before founding Review Kangaroo, Josh has an extensive career marketing working in corporate America he, said he has helped his own family business, a local heating, cooling, and plumbing company in Phoenix, grow from seven million in revenue to over one hundred million. In just 14 years. He has been featured on stages with the Zig Ziglar Foundation, Dave Yoho and EGIA as well as major platforms like CBS, Fox and NBC. Josh welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me I'm excited and uh, you notice the the name drop for the school there Uh, we may know each other a little bit.
1: Absolutely so for all the listeners don't know probably most of you don't know unless you're in Arizona Josh has been training with me, how long now?
2: Oh my God, I, I get asked this all the time, I'm so bad. I, always I think I started in 2008, pretty sure.
1: Been trained for a long time, it's a personal friend as well. And I said, man, great opportunity, very experienced. And let's share some of your knowledge with the listeners.
2: Yeah. So how did Jiu Jitsu
1: show up in your life?
2: Uh, so, jujitsu showed my life kind of on accident, to be absolutely honest. I, I had wrestled through high school and college. And, um, you know, after college, I still had the same eating habits and the same drinking habits and the same party habits and the same fun, and horrible sleeping habits, but I wasn't working out four hours a day anymore. Uh, so, I got... I got a little chunky. <laughs> and I, I always gone to the gym. like just lifting weights, but I didn't really have passion in that. And it's kind of exhausting for me. Like I did it and I still do it. Um, but it doesn't excite me. Right. So I was thinking about ways like, Hey, how can I stay in shape while still having fun? Right. And I literally thought, you know, Hey, jujitsu would be a good transition from wrestling. Right. And, uh, uh, it'd be fun. I get like that team atmosphere back and get back in shape and have some fun. And, uh, it definitely applied, but not nearly as much as, uh, as I hoped it would, <laughs> especially the, the first day was, uh, did you did I ever tell you about the first day I did jiu-jitsu?
1: I don't remember.
2: So, you know, I was a big dude. I was pretty muscular, right? And I ended up rolling with Christina, which Christina mm-hmm. is like a 110 pound Asian girl. <laughs> uh, it was like a six minute roll. And without exaggeration, she choked me out like five times in six minutes, and I was so mad. Like literally, the first time she choked me, I'm like, nope, I'm being too nice. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be a jerk." And I was a little bit of a jerk, and it got worse. And by the end, I'm like, "What is this witchcraft?" Like I was addicted from the start. Like I'm like, "I gotta figure this out. This is not acceptable anymore."
1: <laughs> and during this journey, how do you feel Jiu-Jitsu relate to life?
2: Um, I mean, Jiu-Jitsu relates to life in lots of ways. Like I, I, I go back to wrestling, right? So. I have a wrestling background, so jiu-jitsu was a fairly easy transition mentally uh, from wrestling, right? It gives you the ability to push your body beyond what you really thought was capable and what you thought was good. I think physicality is very important in life, so you have to have something that you're working towards physically, um, otherwise stress could just overwhelm you and overtake you, um, and really, it's just the it's the second family for me. It's a way, It's you know, it's my friends, it's my family, it's it's part of who I am at this point, it kind of integrates in almost everything anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. And how did uh, entrepreneur came up in your life? When did you have the spark to pursue entrepreneurship?
2: Um, You know, I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, I had a lawn mowing service, right? Uh, now, every little kid, had, you know, mow their own lawn, right? But I had little kids working for me. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was doing the sales and collecting the money. And I was, I was mowing lawns too, right? Um, but I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. And really, right after college, I, I, I've always worked. I've always been a hard worker. I've, I mean, I did installs for HVAC. I've done sheet metal. I've done, done ditches. Um, I've done all kinds of stuff, always from a very young age. Um, but I always thought, I don't know why, I think it was just the way I was raised, I guess, um, that I could figure it out. And when you have that passion and you know, you can figure it out, it gives you the freedom to do some crazy stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So after college, what was your first entrepreneur? You, um, let's say venture. I don't know if you're still in college and why you're doing it, but after college,
2: I mean, I definitely did some entrepreneurial stuff while I was in college, but they were all fairly minor, you know, making 10, 20 grand a year kind of thing. And I was piecing stuff together. Um, after college, I worked for ESPN for a short period, right? And then really it was with my own family's business, a plumbing HVAC company here in Phoenix. Uh, my father essentially pulled me in and said, hey, if you help me run this business and do the marketing and and take it over, uh, not the whole business, but the marketing specifically, um, I'll help you build a marketing firm, and it'll be yours. And we'll have a proof of concept and social proof, and we'll be able to run with it. So back then, it was about 14 years ago. We had about 35 employees. Um, fast forward, last year we did a little over 100 million dollars in sales. Uh, we have about you know a little over 500 team members now.
1: That's incredible, man. And one of the things, a lot of people who listen to podcasts, they are people in transition that they're yeah. not very happy whether you are doing corporate world or whatnot and very often during that transition time just fears doubts and securities prevent people from kind of pulling the trigger on their decision so how was your transitional coming out of college and how was your mindset back then
2: uh it wasn't what it is now i can promise Absolutely. you that <laughs> um you know I don't, I'm not one to be really fearful. Uh, I'm a risk taker, I always have been. So that wasn't the issue. A lot of people are afraid. I mean, I tell people all the time, the difference between someone like me and someone who's really smart, really successful, but will always work for somewhere else is really only one thing. And it's the willingness to take risks. I'm willing to take risks consistently. And sometimes they don't pay off at all and it burns me, burns me horribly, but sometimes they pay off amazing. And that's worth it for me. Right. Um, when I was coming out of college, um, really, I was just trying to get my feet underneath me. Like I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I didn't grow up wealthy. I didn't have anybody in college or after college. Right. Uh, like literally none. Um, so I was just trying to scramble and figure stuff out and that panic helped me a lot. Right. Now I'm in a different position where I really don't worry about money anymore Money's not a driving factor for me at all anymore it's not my why um it doesn't really play into my thought process hardly at all anymore so uh, i don't know does that kind of answer your question i guess yeah, no, no
1: no keep going yeah yeah no, no no because no you're just saying because some people just have some fears and like you said man courage is a it's a hell of a habit <laughs> you know what i mean because uh, there, there's a saying that, uh, is not courage, not the absence of fears, feeling that fear and doing it anyways, of course you're going to have the butterflies be like, Oh man, I'm about to do some big boy stuff here. Of course, it's going to bring some tension. Now, if you get paralyzed by that, that's a problem, you know, but as long as you, you move and I feel that, I'm a risk taker in a way. I think I ended up in the in United States somehow. You know and I mean? I had to get uh-huh. the, the courage to to leave and 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 everything. I believe there are moments in my life that my emotional maturity was lowered that I think maybe I didn't, my self-awareness wasn't there and maybe I didn't pursue something that I, maybe I should have at the point, but I, maybe I didn't have as, as much clarity as I had. But it has been a long, long time that I can say that I'm not going to do something because of, maybe fear or don't believe or I, I i mentioned this in a podcast all the time i just really don't have time to think about that you know it's it's gonna work it's just just do it so uh, basically if it, this is something uh that is just ingrained with you which is amazing but it's something for the listeners to think about that man courage it's gonna be crucial if you don't take some of the risks and you did in a perfect time to write off college which doesn't mean that for some people be like ah, i'm too old to take risk and that's not a good way to look at it either
2: yeah no, i mean there's no there's no limit on when or how or why you should take risk and it's it's different for everybody not yeah, everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur right it's not like this glorious amazing lifestyle that you know hey i get to work whenever i want and it's so simple it's so easy money just rolls in right now you can get to a point where that happens. Um, I'm at that point now, but that took years of not, I, got, I went from having like one boss to having hundreds or thousands of bosses, right? Um, you lose all freedom when you start becoming an entrepreneur, right? Um, but here's the thing, like fear is a natural part of life. It is, there's no way of avoiding it. It's still making conscious decisions regardless of fear right fear should never hold you back just like judgment should never hold you back the only people you should care about in your life is your family and you everyone else you can care about you can love you can take care of right but if if Gustavo doesn't like that launching their business I mean really I don't care like it just doesn't matter to me because that's not if if I could get past my own smell test that should be enough
1: for sure now what do you say it's your worst entrepreneur struggle and what did you learn from it?
2: My worst entrepreneur struggle. I mean I've had a lot. one Yeah <laughs> I know, that's what I was gonna
1: say maybe you know some some of them some of the lesson was like oh okay I got this lesson really well never forget this.
2: <laughs> yeah so I'll tell you I'll tell you 1st time so I the type of entrepreneur I am um I'm I'm pretty good at ideas. Um I'm very good at being creative. I'm a good leader. All these things have been learned. You know, I wasn't born with it. Right. But something I've never been good at and probably never will is attention to detail. That is not my strong suit. That's not who I am. I am an ideas person. I'm a sprinter. I fail and I fail fast purposely. Right. Um, I remember right when I started working with my family at Parker and Sons, which is the HVAC and plumbing company. I was buying ads, right? And I remember specifically because it was so painful and so (laughs) embarrassing. Um, But I did a Yellow Page ad. Yellow Page were were bigger back then, right? Um, And I spent $45,000 on this ad, which is not a crazy amount of money, but it's a chunk of change, right? It was way more money than I had, that's for sure. and I went through the ad and everything looked great and we placed the ad and I get the, the ad and, and my father calls me into his office. He goes, Hey, I want to talk to you about this ad. I'm like, yeah, I updated it. It looks a lot better. He goes, yeah, it looks a lot way better. It would probably really work except we have one minor problem. I go, what's the problem? Uh, you printed the wrong phone number. <sighs> 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 couldn't buy the phone number. Couldn't get a hold. Like It's a dead phone number. I wasted $45,000 like a month in the starting that position and I paid it back Mm -hmm. and I did not have $45,000 at the time. It (sighs) was so incredibly embarrassingly painful, but here's the truth, right? Looking back on it, that was one of the best lessons I could have had. Trust me. I've lost way more on waste. I don't know about stupid decisions. That was pretty stupid, but (laughs) I've lost more. Um, But learning that lesson, like I'm a big fan of, as weird as it sounds, like I try to fail quickly. So I'm either going to succeed quickly or fail quickly. At that time, I didn't have that mindset, but I did by accident. Uh, not in a positive way, but I think that was one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was I'm still not thorough. Like that's not my skill set, right? But I learned that that's maybe not my skill set, number one. Um, I always check phone numbers now, always, always, always. Um, but just taking that lump and being, accepting of it was really important for me
1: i think that's super interesting what you said about recognizing your strength and weakness that's something that i started doing over the years too uh, i have again i I don't know if i'm really good at, at details i'm kind of like that I have a lot of ideas and i'm i'm not a, a great You're all integrator all over the place, <laughs> i know i'm not the best integrator you know just like ooh squirrel and then i go somewhere else you know but i've been working on and have been making some improvements. But I feel that it's hiring at least people who are going to be able to do the job that I don't do well. It's recognizing that letting go of the control freak, you know, pattern that that I had. And I think, I'm, you know, I, I'm still all over the place, but you see that I've been at least growing little by little. You know what I mean? I've been making my... Oh, yeah my I mean, I, I've known
2: you for years you're you're a thousand times better than what you used to be you used to have your thumb in every single thing and you are absolutely that all over the place squirrel like you're not a great focuser by any means yeah um, but you have great ideas and you and you take action which is way more important right um but yeah I've, I've seen improvement in you I'm sure you've seen it in me too so <laughs> right that's comes with experience
1: absolutely so what do you feel that would be? A great, I don't know what advice you could give to a lot of people who start in the entrepreneurial journey right now. They they just came out of their corporate world or whatever, they started their business. What is a great suggestion that you give to them?
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna break this up in two different ways. I'm gonna give like a philosophical and I'm gonna give like an actionable, pay attention to, right? A lot of people when they first start a business, they overlook the most important and the only thing that matters. So I've talked to so many entrepreneurs and I always take, at all times I have two mentors and then I take two mentees, right? Um, so I'm helping people and learning from two people because I think that's just important to do. And I'm in a position in life now where, where that's important to me. Um, and so many times you'll talk to entrepreneurs and they're building this system and they're building a fulfillment plan and they got these really amazing websites and they got this really cool app that they're putting together. And it's like, okay, fulfillment's great. Where's your sales at? Like, oh, we're gonna, we get some sales. Like, no, absolutely not. We don't talk about anything until you have sales. Fulfillment is irrelevant unless you sell people. You know, that website, irrelevant unless you sell people. That process, irrelevant. It, nothing matters until sales. So a lot of people make this mistake where they want to build this perfect system right from the scratch, and it's not real. It's not realistic, it's not possible. Because when you start going in, you start getting clients, your processes have to change because there has to be a feedback system. So most important thing, always, 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 when you're starting a business, forget everything else, create an MVP, a minimal viable product, and get sales. And then grow from there, right? And then my philosophical thing would be, um, really, learn quickly, right? A lot of people say that you you never fail as long as you learn from it. I actually don't believe that. I think you fail if you don't learn from it quickly. So be willing to take the risk, to spend the money, to make the effort, to take the loan, go all in if you're going to do it and either succeed quickly and or fail quickly and make quick changes. I, I despise entrepreneurs that, you know, they're running the system and it hasn't worked for a month, but they're just rolling it out. It's like, so what have you changed in the last month? we're like, we're about to make a change next week. It's like, I change things after three days. First day, it's an anomaly. I don't care. That doesn't freak me out. Second day, I start to get worried. Three days is a trend. Third day, after the third day, I'm making some change, even if I'm not sure about it, because making a change and potentially getting right is way better than not making a change and guaranteed not getting it right, right?
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. And one of the things that I I talked a few, uh, few podcasts ago, to. sometimes people ha- maybe try a marketing strategy or something, and it doesn't work. Maybe they hire someone to do a sales funnel, and they end up generalizing, oh, that stuff doesn't work. That's why I don't do it anymore. I just had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine. Uh, I saw him actually um, in an airport, and then we're talking, and and he – trying some of the marketing stuff, but it doesn't work like, man, but you can generalize. I mean, the same way you do to have good doctors that can help you. There's bad doctors can kill you. you are going to have good jujitsu instructors, bad ones. They're going to have good marketing, bad ones. So if you're willing to, like I said, you know, uh, realize quick that this guy sucks. I remember the first guy that I hired for funnel, it was straight in a toilet. Now I think it was a uh, uh, five grand that was straight in a toilet, but even though it's something fairly small for a small business five grand is kind of a lot five grand five
2: grand I don't care yeah
1: and but at least what from? okay I guess this is not the guy and I had to look for someone and now we're in a better position with that as far as funnels and stuff for the Academy which is great you know so I think this is a a great point too so what do you tell people when they kind of like generalize things like that
2: yeah so it's hard to generalize, right? Like, so there's certain things I don't do in my business because I because I haven't found the make work. But then I talk to other entrepreneurs, and I know it can work, right? Um, anything done perfectly can work, right? I don't care what you're doing. If you're selling a digital product and you do direct mail, that certainly works, right? I haven't been able to make it work, but just because I haven't doesn't mean it doesn't Ooh. work, right? So, I I just caution people like. Number one, don't do things or not do things because your competitors or other people don't do it. That's not a decision-making process for me. It certainly weighs slightly, but not, not as much as you would think. Um, you know, you get to a certain point in your business, and really, I think it's shortly after your break-even. So, hey, you're making more money than you spend. Um, then you start getting this ability to play more, right? You get to take more risks. Yeah. And when you get to take more risks, then you get to kind of ignore... Some common practices and test stuff out um, and sometimes some of the things that I do now they're incredibly super successful I made up on a spot and everyone told me like I don't think that's a good idea it's like I'm just gonna try it let's see what happens if I blow a little bit of money I blow a little bit of money, but at least I know it didn't work for me in this situation right um, and some of those things are like our biggest generators and, and I have worked across multiple businesses. Right. And no one else does it, which is even better because there's no noise. Right. So never generalize. Right. And never, never overthink or underthink things too. Right. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they like to do like a radio campaign. Right. Radio campaigns, a branding based campaign. Like it takes time to work. Right. And they'll go do it for 90 days. Like, Hey, we got barely any calls. I'm like, this is a long-term play. Like, if you don't it for six months, you'll have no idea whether it worked because I can guarantee it doesn't work in 90 days um, because it's just not that type of marketing, right? Um, so you have to know what you're getting into. You have to make smart decisions, but never generalize because things that won't work today sometimes will work tomorrow. But some things that, you know, minor tweaks can make gigantic differences. I guarantee there's someone out there doing something that you don't think works and then killing it with it um they're just doing it different than you were doing it. it doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean it's better doesn't mean it's worse i'm just telling you that's that's the case
1: i think it's great uh, sometimes we have some meetings uh sometimes for the academy or for the events and i talk with nigel all the time sometimes we of course i'm looking into some trends what's going on something that attracts me. maybe i'll get a little idea here do my own little salad of whatever thing it works yeah. and said but there's a lot of people uh doing this here and it's what i'm but that's why I do different you know what I mean I do the best I can to do with everyone else not doing it and has been working so far with the Academy with the events especially with the events doing different things different ideas and yeah a lot of the things that I tried the events are like oh that was a bad idea that was you know it didn't work or I lost money or maybe it didn't even it was it wasn't good overall for the logistic or for the competitive whatever Yep. But every tournament, you know, you've been helping with the tournament forever. So, you know, like how far we came from the tournaments. You know what I'm saying? You, oh, yeah. The- I
2: remember the flip scorecards and the, yeah, yeah, all the beginning and the, the raggedy fences that barely stood up. <laughs> and like, yeah, But that's that's the process, right? Like yeah, you yes, start exactly. with an MVP, you do with what makes sense, the least amount of work, effort, money you could put on, prove the model, and then make adjustments. That's what you do right that's how you grow a business effectively
1: yeah i mean i remember the first worlds in 1996 refs with jeans sideways hat eating pizza and talking on the phone while you know reference whatever you know what i mean they just that was a scene back then but every year they brought something better every year every year okay now we put the reference in a little uniform It was it wasn't even like, of course not, not what is that now? But I mean, the sponsor went and gave a um, some sweatpants or whatever. oh, they all, all match, and there's a name referee or whatever. You know, every year was a little thing to get to the point that is at right now. So our organization, of course, get inspired by BJGF. I don't do everything as exactly like what they do. There are things that I I don't agree, and I do you know with your own thing here, and has been working but yeah man it comes back to taking risks again
2: yeah yeah taking risks simplifying i mean there's all kinds of there's all kinds of hacks to business but um it all ultimately comes back to you know action to execution to just doing things taking massive action right but if you do the exact same thing as you did last time you can expect the exact same results and I don't care how successful you are, that shouldn't be acceptable to you, right? Good is the greatest enemy of great, right? I want great, I don't want good. Um, and that's an easy trap to fall into too. It's not It's not always clear, it's not always easy, but entrepreneurs aren't supposed to take the easy route. That's not the point. If you wanted the easy route, you would work for someone else. Yeah.
1: So what did you say is a one high performance habit that you have, that you practice daily?
2: Um, I mean, I have a lot of high performance habits, right? So, I mean, the biggest one I have is since I was about 15, I've read a business book a month. Every month since I was 15, I've never missed a single month. That's not something I do every day. And now I actually listen on Audible. I don't even read. I, as bad as it sounds, I don't like reading. <laughs> but I, I consider investing myself, so I do it. Oh, absolutely. I get you. Um, But my daily routine, um, I'm not... I'm a little different than most entrepreneurs. Like some people will tell you like, you know, shoot for the stars and if you miss you land on the moon. Right? I don't believe in that in any way. Um, I, I set goals like a ladder. I want something I can reach up and grab and then I'll focus on that. And once I grab it, I'm gonna pull myself up and reach up and grab something else. So it's all short term goals. Um, and because of that mindset, I've had, I've had a lot of success doing that. Now not everyone's built to do that. I like it because it's actionable. Um, But because of that, I don't do a lot of the big, overwhelming, like, storyboard and, you know, here's my dream board, here's where I want to be in 10 years stuff. I don't personally agree with that because it just doesn't work for me. Um, So high-performance habits I have every day, it's pretty simple. I wake up in the morning every morning. I do my push-ups and sit-ups. I go for a run every morning, right, Um, get my body activated. I do two gratitude texts every single morning. So I have a randomizer on my phone. It pulls up two people and I text them basically that I'm thankful for them with something honest and genuine. So I'm starting the day thinking about other people.
1: I remember sharing that with me once.
2: Yeah. 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 I I love that. It's very powerful because it's, It's it just sets you in a good mindset right away. Right. Right. Um I do do like a mantra every morning. I don't do like this half hour thing. Some people spend a lot of time doing it. Mine's like 3 minutes, like 2 3 minutes. And it's basically like, hey, what do I want to accomplish today? Mm-hmm. Not looking long term, right? Um what do I want people to think about me when I'm not there? Why do I want people to think about my business when I'm not there? And what can I do what can I do today to accomplish those goals, right? And then I also do, uh, I do, uh, I forget where it was. I think it's maybe Simon Sinek. I forget exactly who it was, but he talks about doorways. Um, so every time I walk through a doorway, um, period, uh It's like a back, trigger. Yeah. It's a trigger, right? Um, hey. I heard
1: Brandon talking about this too.
2: Yeah, I think it, might, it may have been Brandon Bouchard. That may have been what it is. Um, I think about what I want to accomplish in that room and who I want to be in that room. And it's not always the same, right? Sometimes I'm there to be a learner. Sometimes I'm there to be a listener. Sometimes I'm there to be a teacher. Sometimes I'm there to be a salesperson. Sometimes it all depends on the room. Right. Um, But I've made a conscious effort. It's a way for me just to trigger exactly like you said. So those are the things that I do that I think are high performance. But I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I do.
1: Yeah, it's just time. as you know. I mean, sometimes with high performance, could it be like someone sleeps? Uh, uh, their their sleep schedule. It's it's exactly what works for them, or whatever. And that's their no. habit that works for them, and uh, that's great. So, what did you say is the best advice you've ever received? in anything sports and life.
2: Uh best advice I ever received. Um, so I had a mentor. I'm gonna I'm gonna just shoot off the hip. I don't know if this is the best advice. It just comes to my mind right okay. now, right? I had a mentor who had a drawer of to-do things. Um, all of us, especially as entrepreneur, we end up being all over the place. There's so many things we have to tackle, right? And I, I've twisted this a little bit, right? But here's the honest truth. You can only do one thing effectively at once. So I have folders right here next to me uh, in my office here. I only take out one piece of paper and one process assignment job at a time period because I know I'm not nearly as effective if I try to do three things at once and I will not quit that until it's done and I time block I do all kinds of stuff to do that right I think time blocking is very effective important when you yep. get really busy um, controlling your own schedule is very very important um, leading by example I mean there's so many things we could be talking about here right but for for me it's it's focus Focus is how you actually achieve execution. Ideas are cheap, executions would matter, trust me. Some of the ideas that I've ran with that worked incredibly well are the stupidest, simplest ideas. I just actually did it consistently. Um, And no one else, or not no one, but very few others do. And that's been my key to success is, you know, steal an idea, borrow an idea, come up with an idea, simplify it incredibly so I can teach it and just do it every single time um so i don't know that that's a that's a bunch of information <laughs> yeah no, no, no
1: i love the idea of the simplifying and one of the things that uh i've, I've been doing probably i'd say going into four years into time blocks so i really turning my phone off so yeah. my phone is often uh turned off and that really helps and like 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off type of deal. You know, sometimes if I, I'm on a really good flow and creating content, I'm like, oh, I got to keep pushing through. But for the most part, I do that break. And sometimes even the, the 10 minute break is just to get my mind off. I mean, I have my my guitar, my things. Sometimes it could be like just playing a song, really. And then I get up and I got some water or whatever. And then I'll get back in. And it actually helps me just to get my mind off what I'm doing for 50 Minutes just to recharge and come back in. It definitely helps uh, helps my creativity, my learning process. So it's something that I've, I've been implementing for a few years, been paying off, man. You know uh, that. Uh, it, as you mentioned, I struggle with focus, but I have made so much improvement on using those little tools that you mentioned, of time block, of turning my phone off and the same thing that you do, like picking, you know, uh, minimizing. Cause I know I have a lot of things going on, but okay. Today I always have the question to what is my mission of the day? What do I have yeah. to accomplish today to move forward with my life? So I do a lot of things, but today I'll be like, I cannot look into anything else. This year needs to be done today, period. Yeah. And then I put my focus on that. So it took me years to actually get in the habit, but I, I'm I did make a lot of improvement in the past three to four years.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those things like time blocking me. I literally time block my day every 15 minutes. So I know what I'm doing every 15 minutes, right? And if I'm supposed to be answering emails from 9 to 10, I answer them from 9 to 10. Come 10 1, if that's not on my schedule, I'm not doing it. Because I, I do purposely, right? Um, I don't let team members. I used to have an open-door policy. I still have an open-door policy, right? But my open-door policy is different. It's like, just get my schedule. It's super easy to get on my schedule. You could take any time you want, as much time as you want, any topic you want. Um, if you're on my schedule, it's yours. You can't interrupt me because it, it was just so difficult to be effective. So many entrepreneurs, especially small entrepreneurs, spend all of their time putting out fires. And they never take the time to do fire prevention. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just all day, every day reacting instead of being proactive. And those reactive things you can eliminate so effectively. I have I have a basic rule with my team, right? With any of the companies. Um, And I have a few, obviously. Um, Any problem can come up once. That's totally fine. Things happen, not a big deal. They could come up twice. They should never, ever come up a third time. The second time it comes up, we're creating a system so it never happens again on anything. And that could be something as simple as a, a template for an email or an automated system. It all depends on what that issue is. But if it comes up twice, it'll come up a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. And I don't yeah. ever want to have to tackle it again.
1: Yeah, it's funny that something happened at the school in the past few weeks as exactly with that. And Carissa helped me too. Like, okay, this already, that's the three, you know, three times that happened in a fairly short amount of time. As I said, it's just an opportunity for us to fix. And then we made some uh, some changes and stuff like that. So now we kind of, getting the the team on board for this not to happen again. So that's a a great example. And one of the things that you mentioned too about being reactive, a a so minor thing that is reactive that I notice a lot of my friends, minor things that you can, can block is notifications on Instagram, Facebook. You know what I'm saying? People are typing, creating, doing work or whatever and phone is right next to them with like nonsense notifications. Yeah. Of answer, and they have to have to know what's going on. I have to reply to people like, dude, you know, I don't have um, I don't have for email because I mean, for my business, it's not like I need to. For some people, maybe they need the
2: notification according to their business. You know, I don't know. No, they um, don't. They don't yeah. they feel the need, but they don't. Very Which few. Is- there's very few businesses out there where you're actually an urgent issue. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very few. Like. I don't care. I don't care what you tell me, Gustavo. You know, an issue with the gym, unless it's on fire,
1: Absolutely.
2: it's not urgent.
1: <laughs> I tell this Carissa all the time. I'm like, if someone is, they will find if something's really bad. Like, we really need Gustavo. Only Gustavo can solve. He needs to know this. I'm like, really, <laughs> you know what what that issue is. You know, very interesting. And but yeah, people get in a habit, and so many. Uh, when you look at it man you end up wasting a lot of productive time of the day just checking the little little minor message a little you know uh bs nonsense message but people need to know what's going on with the facebook world or, or whatever but um so what did you say it's a uh, an advice you to give to someone's coming out of college kind of in a sim- similar situation that you were and mm-hmm. they're going into the Entrepreneurship world, what kind of suggestion you to give to one? Maybe it would be maybe you have a kid at some point, you know what I mean? And around that age, you'd be like, hey, let me just give you my two cents. I'm not saying that you need to follow this. I'm just saying this is what I saw, this is what I lived. What mm-hmm. would
2: you say? Yeah, uh, so I mean, that's kind of a generalization, right? So it really depends what you're doing. Like, I own a SaaS business, a software business, I own a marketing firm. I just got uh, I'm working with a new company that's did venture capital worth three billion dollars now, um which is kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I have a home service business, right? So like each of those, they're gonna be very different steps of how to do it, right? But let me give you some advice that is a fairly recent opportunity, right? that could change the whole game for you, right? So it used to be, you built a business and the business was facing forward and that's what it is. And I, I have that, uh, in some cases for sure. Um, but if I was going to start over and start from scratch, right? Knowing everything I know now, I do it now really effectively, but I haven't done it until like the last two years and that's personal branding and building social proof. So I, I've, I've become at a point now where ultimately, I am the business right now that being said some people have personal branding where it's their business like like I I was uh, with uh, Russell Branson Tony Robbins right Um, for years Tony Robbins didn't have a business he had a really high paying job but if he stopped working he stopped making money I'm not saying do that right you need to have a business that makes money without you until it makes money without you it's not a business but Personal branding is a great way to build a portfolio for yourself and launch opportunities that you would never had before. so I do podcasts all the time. I do webinars all the time. I've spoken at gigantic speaking events, right? And what I'm doing there is I'm borrowing authority from other people and creating authority on myself. And it affects all of my businesses um, Absolutely. because it ties it directly with me. And it's something that's a hundred percent scalable. It's hundred percent usable across all businesses. Like if I started a, a burger shop tomorrow, which which I wouldn't, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> if I start a burger shop, that personal branding, I could use to drive customers right now. I know I can. With the experience I have and everything too, that that certainly applies, right? But we're in a place now where, you know, there's those, you know, Instagram models, there's that YouTube guy, right? Where they're selling ads. That's still not business, right? Because the moment you stop working, you stop making money. But using that mindset to your advantage and then building an actual business around it—beautiful, huge.
1: So, what is a good tip that you could give for someone that it's it's working on uh, that building their personal brand? The first time I heard that concept was Gary Vee about four years ago yeah. in uh, talking about that. I found it was very Gary interesting is a that-
2: Great example of a personal brand, like. Yeah most people don't even really know what Gary Vee did originally or what he does now. <laughs> it's not relevant. You know what I mean? Like, but he does a ton of stuff now. Um, but it's just his name. You know what I mean? Like he just, he's just running stuff. Um,
1: I remember him talking about, he said like every time you open up, this is years ago. I don't know if he still have the same idea or whatever, but is said, at the moment that you open an account on social media or whatever, let's say Facebook, you automatically a personal brand now it's your choice if you want to monetize it in that or not but automatically you put in yourself there you you open a, a social media account that's basically what you're doing so what did you say it's maybe like early beginning really beginner information for personal branding
2: yeah so really beginner information for so personal branding is, is pretty simple like number one you need to have a business built around it don't just be that youtuber that gives uh, now let's be clear about this you can make money doing this I would not suggest you do this though Um, do that YouTube video where you're doing inspirational quotes every day and like that's not very scalable it's hard to do Um, it's a lot of effort to take audiences and build them like that
1: and it's It's hard to rely on someone in in a platform that if they go out of business or they stop they change practice or whatever not what you do
2: Yep, a hundred percent right I'm a much bigger fan of stealing slash borrowing audience, right? So this is a perfect example, right? Yeah. Like, I don't do podcasts for me because I know how difficult podcasts are to do. Yeah. They're a lot of work and a lot of effort, but I could guest podcasts on, on this podcast and now everybody out here knows who I am. I could get them in the funnels. I could talk to them about entrepreneurship. I could talk them about Review Kangaroo, our amazing social uh, social proof platform where we get thousands of reviews for people. I could talk about marketing, I could talk about Pulse, that um, uh, new company I'm working with is like Uber for home services. It's freaking incredible. If you have a home service business, look it up. Um, it changes everything when you start thinking that way, right? Build that business around it, and then use that personal branding to drive that business. Don't be that just that figure right actually do it with a purpose in the plan and really the easiest actionable steps is number one creating content like just start doing it um, you're not going to be very good at it first no one is um, that's not the point um, but start doing content and use other people's audience to build your own and that could be you know, Facebook stalking someone after, or a group of lookalike audience after you just did a podcast with them. That could be targeting events, like here's a, a genius hack if you ever have a speaking event. I, when I go to a speaking event, right, I generally try to get a booth there, I target the literal building that the conference is at. That could be a hotel, that could be whatever, and I am going to spend 200 bucks a day on YouTube and, and Facebook and target just that building, So everyone sees me ridiculous amounts of times and you'd be surprised. Like the second day of event, they'll come out to me like, you guys are freaking everywhere. I've seen you guys for forever. Tell me what's about your business. I'm like, no, you haven't. You see me for a day and a half, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but just create the content, spend the effort and just start borrowing and stealing audience. It's so hard to build your own audience from scratch. You don't have to do that anymore. You just don't. Take someone else's audience, make their own by delivering amazing content, and just keep working at it. Um and then obviously have the business model behind behind it. Don't just don't be that inspirational guy. You certainly can make money, and I know lots of people make a ton of money doing that, but they could make a thousand times more by having a product or a service or a system behind that they can consistently sell and they can make money without them having to work.
1: That is great. Now, what did you say is a, a book that has made an impact on you? Let's say, it's kind of hard to say, of course, you read so many books, but it's in different moments of your life that maybe one book came in and kind of clicked maybe earlier in your career. What did you
2: say? So the first business book I've ever read was a How to Win Friends and Influence People, which great drastically book. changed my whole mindset. I mean, Gustavo could, could uh, probably uh, agree with this, but I live my life pretty close to that book. Um, true. Yeah. I, I try true. to be that person hundred percent. Like I make the attempt to I always know people's name, repeat their names is their favorite word. All the basic stuff in that book, ultimately above all things, like I'm a marketing guy and I'm a salesperson cause I love it. I love the psychology of it. That was a book that I read at a very young age uh, comparatively and just blew my mind. So if you haven't read that book, it's like the first business book of all time, basically. You have to read that. And the examples are way out of date, but it's still brilliant, beautiful information. Um, other books I've read, I mean, I've read so many, like Simon Sinek, Know Your Why, I think is a really super powerful book, especially once you're into your entrepreneur journey. Um, it's hard to know your why when you're starting. Um, the Talent Code, I freaking love that book. Yeah, I remember you gave me the copy of that too. Yeah, yeah Talent Code is a, a book essentially that says, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I was, I was born a salesperson, right? I was not. It had to be learned and it goes through not only the psychology, but the little, the physical, physical aspects of, of why people are really good at why they are. And it's not because they're innately talented at ever without exception. True. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many books. Here's the key guys, like read books. Uh, I listen on audio. Just get on a club, get a membership, just look it up. Like if you do a book a month, you will drastically change your life. It's an investment in yourself. And trust me, I hate reading. I don't enjoy it in any way. Um, It's a chore for me. But I know every book I read, I I mean, I've read books that made me a million dollars. I've read books that, you know, took me five hours and I made $10,000. Both are good. I've, I've read books that I didn't like anything about them, but I stole this one great idea that was huge for me, um, so just spend the effort. Like a lot of people, hey, what book are you doing? Like, and then they never read any books. Just, just consistently read it, self-improve, and, and you'll be fine, right? My goal, like, and it's because of my mindset, right? Short-term goals. I I don't worry about big stuff. I would just want to be better at something today than I was yesterday. Period. That could be literally almost anything. It doesn't have to be business related, right? If I do that, I'm going to be satisfied with my day. even if I lost a bunch of money, even if I you know horribly screwed up this big sale, even if I had a horrible presentation, even whatever, I'm better today than I was yesterday, It'll figure itself out.
1: Yeah, I always mention here the podcast too. I used to be really I steal. Uh, with audio and last year started to build my reading habit back up so I'm actually enjoying because it was short too because of the focus issue yeah but um but something that I built back up last year and, and I'm actually I get excited part of my routine in the morning to read and, and I tell people that man 10 pages per day you know 3,650 pages a year and that's about 15 to 20 books depend how thick they are that can not can, just can, but it will change your life if you get the right books, of course. And you have the consistency, the compound effect of every day, just 10 pages. If you really, really, really don't have time to commit to 10 pages or listening to 30 minutes of audio, you know, it's hard. There's so, and some people, I always mention, Gustavo, I'm broke. Man, there's so much free content online nowadays. It's insane. You can't
2: afford a book. You're in trouble. <laughs>
1: I know. So whatever the excuse is, you just got to sit down and actually read or listen, or even if maybe like, man, I just can't do it. find podcasts with people with like great information that can really help you YouTube channels, whatever, find a way, whatever medium works for you, but find a way to, um, to get the information I always mention that until the matrix really happened that you just plug in in your head okay just download this boom and then it's on and like oh I know this now we're gonna have to sit and put the time yep. and that's one of the advice that I give to a, a younger version I try to give to my son but of course he doesn't listen is <laughs> to to go learn stuff read Oh. If if I have, because I didn't have the habit when I was young of reading and stuff like that. I, it's just something that wasn't around me and I never really, I wasn't even aware of it. that, that Like, yeah, I should read. Not at all. So, of course, it doesn't read. But I'm saying I, at least I mentioned to him because that's something that you know how much impact made in your life. You starting reading at 15, which is incredible. Incredible. And it definitely paid off. You'd not I know that in you know that you'd not be where you're at in your life without the habit there's no way
2: no 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 way and not even, not even, not even, I, I don't know where i would be but i can tell you i wouldn't be here
1: yeah that's crazy so what are
2: you currently excited about what's going on with your business and all your ventures i'm excited all the way around man all my businesses are are doing really really well um the home service business will grow maybe 20 to 25 percent this year so um, explain
1: me a little bit more expand on that a little a little more you mentioned to me before but, uh, yeah, just tell us a little more about it.
2: About which one? The about the,
1: uh, yeah, the the home service and stuff.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're based here in Phoenix. Um, it's plumbing, HVAC, and electrical, more or less. Um, we essentially do residential service. So if your AC went out, we're going to come out. We're one of the largest in the United States, very competitively priced, do amazing work, which is why we've grown so much and have an amazing team. And um,
1: about the kind of Uber sort of... Um, oh,
2: that's that's Pulse, man. So Pulse is something I just started with.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and- that's the one that I was mentioning that you, you mentioned to me a little bit oh, about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. So Pulse is, uh, and talking about personal branding. So this is someone literally, the reason I got this opportunity is because he was watching, the CEO was watching podcasts and webinars that I was on and cold called me um, and essentially offered me a job more or less over the phone, but I, I kind of turned him down and he literally flew me out to San Francisco to talk me into it. Um, but what it is is uh, it's like Uber for home services. So if you needed uh, uh, your TV hung or uh, appliance repair or plumbing or HVAC or electrical, right? Um, You can pull it up on your phone. There's a uh, customer facing app coming out right now, or you can just go to the website and you can go through the process. It takes about a minute and we'll generally have someone out to you that day, sometimes within an hour. So here's the really cool part about that. It's a really amazing service for, Customers, just like Uber's is for compared to cabs, right? Yeah, you know, they're doing the same thing, but one's doing it way more efficiently. It's much more professional. It feels better. It's a much better experience the whole way around. That's the benefit of the customer. The cool part for me is actually the back end because I know, like, like my home service business is large enough. I don't worry about other competitors. Mm-hmm. It's not relevant. I can push them around just being 100% honest. Like, no one's going to outspend me if if I decide to spend right. No one's going to outprice me because I could get better discounts with everybody than anywhere else, right? Like, so I don't worry about that. I worry about Google services, Amazon home services, companies like like Pulse, where they're going to revolutionize and disrupt the entire industry. So I kind of decide why he was desperately talking me into it and making a really good case <laughs> um, that I could either let this happen to me or be a part of it being part of something really amazing, huge and have a huge piece of it. Right. And the cool part is from a technician standpoint, right? If you are a plumber right now, you generally work for someone else or you work for yourself and it's very difficult to get business. Right. But you essentially are owned in one way or another. Right. If you're have your own business, you are struggling to doing marketing for the most part. You got to worry about billing. You got to do all this other stuff that's really difficult to take a handle on, right? And you have no time freedom. If you work for someone else, then you're not worrying about that stuff, but you don't have the time freedom you want either because you're required to be there. This is just like an Uber, right? So like, hey, if I wanted to work today, I turn it on. I got calls right now. I could go out, make money, do a great job, make more money than I could do anywhere else, just like a cab driver compared to Uber because the service is better and because the systems are, more streamlined so the costs are lower. Um, and if I don't want to work tomorrow, I turn it off. If I don't want to work well, after the first call, I turn it off, right? So we're empowering the individual technicians to make as much money as they want because they can work as often as they want, as much as they want, or have that time for them to you know, go to the kids' soccer game every day, or a soccer practice, or go see that recital without having to report to someone. And get approved and go through that process so it's super exciting for me
1: it is um, I mean uh, uh, is it is it live already no
2: oh yeah oh yeah uh, we've been the app and everything so there's not a customer facing app right now it's coming out um, this month though um, but the website is essentially a funnel totally live right now we're doing you know millions of dollars already
1: dude that's incredible because even minor things right now for example uh, I just got back from Brazil, so I bought a, a hammock, you know, there. Yeah. And yeah. and I was telling Chris, like, hey, can you try to find someone? And it's like, yeah, call the guy. He said he he can't do it until the next two weeks.
2: Yeah, I'm Isn't like, crazy? What? i like crazy. I want to hang on that, you know, right now. I don't want to wait two weeks. I want somebody, I want to do it this afternoon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude, i
1: definitely gonna check it out. That is really cool. That's a that's a brilliant idea, by the way. Oh, And it's, you it's being involved with it, it's all it common.
2: It's just like when is it gonna happen, right? Because the moment that Uber model opened up, all of us other, all the other service businesses like instantaneously had that gut check. Like, yo, know, they could do that with us too. Dude. It's not as easy because it's a skilled labor, but it's doable, right? Um. So that's gone really, 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 uh, really, really well. Review Kangaroo, my software business is, is doing amazing. I had to, this is something I've never had to do. Um, I had to hire a president and give up total day to day control. Like I, yeah,
1: you mentioned that to me.
2: Yeah. Oh, it feels so weird. Cause that's like my baby, man. Like, um, but it's gone really, really well. And it's, it's still growing effectively with her in charge and she's doing a really great job. I'm very happy with it so far. And um, that was a difference because all the other ones, like I slowly transitioned out of this one, like because of Pulse, they essentially forced me like, Hey, you have until March and I started in January. Right. So I was like, I got three months to find some way to train them get them comfortable with them. So it was a, it was a panic. It was a mad scramble, <laughs> Nice, but it was pretty cool. A uh, good learning
1: experience for sure. Mm hmm. So for all the listeners getting close to the end of the interview and make sure that you stick around for my final thoughts after. If you're listening for the first time, I just, after I edit, I reflect on the messages that the guests actually shared and I research. And it's about maybe I'll say from seven to 12 minutes. It depends. And for people who don't know, that gives me a lot of work. Sometimes I can kill it in two hours, boom, done. Sometimes it can take me three days of researching. Sometimes I even read books just to create this 10-minute content. And it's something that every time I do my best, and that's the mission of the podcast, to inspire, impact, and improve the lives of others. And the idea is with this audio of 7 to 12 minutes, be able to do that in some way and somehow improve your business your your life in any way that we can so how people can reach you josh if you want i don't know if you're on social media or email whatever you want to talk people that maybe want to know more
2: about uh, review
1: kangaroo for their business Mm -hmm. uh what do you say
2: yeah 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 so if you want to so i mean we have multiple businesses but the one that probably makes most sense for entrepreneurs is going to be review kangaroo which is essentially we have an online automated platform to drastically grow your business using social proof reviews specifically on Google, Yelp, Facebook, uh, cars.com health grades, all depends what you're doing. Right. Um, and really make a huge difference without you doing any additional work. It's a pretty cool program. If you want more information on that, um, why don't you shoot, shoot me a direct email. I'll, I'll handle you personally. It's just Josh at reviewkangaroo.com It's R E V U kangaroo.com. Um, I know it's spelled a little weird, but you'd be surprised how hard it is to get the uh, a URL with the uh, word review in it that doesn't cost 100 grand.
1: <laughs> so this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time, man. I know you're super busy, and I know we chit-chat you, chat, you know, at the Academy, but making this live is pretty cool. Share your experience.
2: So I appreciate it, bud. Uh, no worries. No and- worries. If you ever have me back on, now that I know you do the, the final part, I'm just going to throw a bunch of random concepts at the end. <laughs> just so you have to research the crap out of it. Sweet. All right. So for all the listeners,
1: stick around for my final thoughts. Oohs. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with serial entrepreneur Josh Kelly. If you're listening just to the final thoughts, Josh is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and the co-founder of Review Kangaroo the world's leading reputation management system among multiple business ventures. Josh talked about the importance of simplifying your business procedures, how entrepreneurs should be building their personal brands, and he also mentioned how he applies consistently the fail fast and fail often mentality. As you already know, I like to research my main takeaway from the interview and expand on the topic for you during the final thoughts. There is a book called Fail Fast, Fail Often, how losing can help you Win by PhDs Ryan Babineau and John Crumbold. Sometimes I read a book just to learn more about the topic and share with you. However, since I've been working on two other books and plus a lot of projects with my businesses, I research and learn more about the book through book summaries on Google and YouTube. With that said, today I'm going to expand on the concept, fail fast and fail often, and hopefully it can inspire, impact, in or improve your life in some way. Essentially, the message of the book is simple. Stop overthinking and start acting. You doing so will help you to achieve the success you desire. Successful people are not afraid of making mistakes and failing. They get out there and they try out new things and find out what works and what doesn't, and you should do the same. The topic goes along with the previous final thoughts from episode 46 with Christian Woodman C. titled Facing Your Problems Head On, where I mentioned that after every experience, you should ask yourself two questions. Number one, what did you do right so you can keep doing it in future events or experience? And number two, what would you have done differently to minimize the chance of getting an undesired outcome again? Reflect on it. Learn and grow from it. For example, I was watching an interview a couple days ago with the comedian, actor, and producer, Kevin Hart, on YouTube with Joe Rogan's podcast. He gave a great example of how he uses the fail fast and fail often concept. At one point in an interview, Joe Rogan asked, where do you practice and come up with your stand-up material? These are not the exact words he used, but here it is. I like to go to random comedy clubs like in New York to build some structure within a set that I'm trying to figure out. Once I get a skeleton of what I want to do, I go to Florida, for example, for two weeks. I run through some jokes, and then I go to places like Colorado, Utah. I go to random clubs that people don't expect to see me at. I visit a lot of places, and the goal is to get out of there with a foundation, not to have a complete set. Then when I'm done with the foundation, I will do a little comedy club run. Next, I'll do a full run of two or three months in, about seven shows per week. After that, I take to smaller theaters. When I get to the point I get the laughs consistently, the punchlines are working, I have flipped back and forth in every direction, that is when I test it out in an arena. Until it doesn't sound the way I want in an arena, I won't take to a tour. It takes at least one year to almost a year and a half to build a one-hour set. Then the tour can last for another year and a half. The last tour we did 157 shows before we put on Netflix, said Kevin Hart. How about that for failing fast and failing often? Whatever jokes are not funny, he doesn't dwell on it. He learns from it. He either cuts from the set or tweaks it and move on. Trial and error and the fail attempts that inevitably result often lead to improvements in your skill. He's not afraid of making mistakes. Now, what about you? Are you afraid of failing? Well, I hope not, and I hope you have been taking massive action consistently in your personal professional life. So from what I gather from the Fail Fast and Fail Often book is that most people don't take action because of fear of failure. For those who don't know, in 2014, I wrote a book titled Launching Your BJJ Competition Journey After 30, 10 Steps to Maximize Your Tournament Experience. In chapter one, I share with you the benefits of competing, and I also share why people often don't compete, which is the fear of failure. Maybe you can say, Gustavo, I don't compete because I have zero desire for competing. It's not for me. Fair enough. The problem is when people want to compete but they don't do so because of fear failure. This is not about jujitsu, by the way. It's about understanding your patterns. I discovered a lot of my negative patterns and anxieties through Jiu Jitsu and jujitsu competitions. And you can discover as well. That is why I'm such a big fan of jujitsu Jitsu competitions as a great personal development tool. Plus you have a great chance to implement the fail fast and fail often concept. Of course, Jiu-Jitsu is a great personal development tool. However, when you add performing in an under-pressure situation, it brings a whole new element to the equation. I'm going to share with you a few paragraphs from my book. And if I'm correct, I believe I have shared this before in some previous thoughts. In the book, I ask, do you have fear of failure? Do any of the following statements apply to you? You worry about what others think of you. You question if you are good enough. You worry about disappointing others if you don't meet their expectations of you. In order to lower their expectations, you tend to tell people that you don't expect to succeed. You avoid doing something if you know you won't be able to do it well. You procrastinate on the things you really want to do because you don't believe you can do them. You avoid going out of your comfort zone. You get extremely frustrated when you don't meet your high expectations. You sabotage yourself, find excuses, and blame life circumstances for preventing you from moving forward with a desired goal or a dream. Be honest. You're living a life way below your full potential, and you are aware of it. You know you can do so much better. Ouch. (laughs) Okay, take a deep breath. If these don't apply to you, great. I bet this audio can help someone that you know, so feel free to forward to them. Now, if you say, Gustavo, uh, it seems like I have some fear of failure. What should I do? I'm gonna share with you three quick strategies to help you overcome your fear of failure so you can start to implement the fail fast and fail often concept. Number one, accept that failure will happen. Failure is not just acceptable it's necessary for personal growth. Failure can make you or break you. It can motivate you to improve your skills and address the issues with a different approach. It can also help you to become mentally tougher and more resilient. It's all about how you interpret the event. Life events should not define you as a person. You choose how you want to interpret a tournament loss, a relationship breakup, or a failed business attempt. You can respond to or react to the fact or the event. The choice is yours and only yours. Number two, work on yourself. One of my favorite motivational speakers, Jim Rohn, said, quote, Work harder on yourself than you do on your work, unquote. Invest in yourself. Work on your personal development in order to discover what is holding you back from being the best you can be. Find the true cause of your fear and resolve it. There are plenty of books and free courses that can help you to give you clarity. Number three, embrace the fear of failure. I have good news and bad news for you. The bad news is that negative patterns, assumptions, worrying, doubts, and insecurities associated with fear of failure do not disappear. They are part of the human emotional experience that you can never get rid of. The good news is that you can learn how to become conscious of it. Learn how to control your fears, otherwise, they will control you. To wrap up, no one likes to fail, but fear of failure can hold us back from amazing opportunities. Taking risks and learning from the inevitable failures along the way allow us to live authentic and fulfilling lives. And as John Maxwell said, quote, fail early, fail often. But always fail forward. Unquote. Oh, s-